G'day, g'day! Welcome to Game Day with Gabe. I'm your host, Gabe the Babe, and you're about to get an insight to the college football world. What's up, Cougs fans? Welcome back to Game Day with Gabe. In this awesome episode, I'm going to talk to you about BYU men's basketball joining the Big 12 and how our current play is going. I'm going to talk about Puka Nakua in the NFL, our new tight end coach, and college basketball. But most importantly, at the end, it's going to be the NFL playoffs. The NFL playoffs are just heating up, and it's prime time for sports right now. If you're just tuning in, I've done a lot of stuff about college football. I've done quite a few stuff about college basketball and BYU's transition to the Big 12 and how we've done. We've done really well so far. I've also talked about the NFL playoffs and how the playoffs have shaped up and which games you need to look out for. So that should basically cover what I'm going to talk about. Let's get into it. First up, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua had 9 receptions for 182 yards and a touchdown in the playoff game on Saturday. He set the record for the most receiving yards in a playoff game by a rookie. However, the Rams still lost 23-24 at the Lions. They fell just short, and that ends Puka's tenure as one of the best seasons by a rookie wide receiver ever in history. And he'll go down as one of the best, if not the best, BYU wide receivers because of his NFL career. And he's just dominating. He's taking it by storm. So, go Puka. BYU's new football tight end coach just hired Kevin Gilbride. Sorry, BYU just hired our new tight end coach. His name is Kevin Gilbride, and he's going to be our new coach. So, now we have Kevin Gilbride and Woods as our new offensive line coach and tight end coach. Hopefully, with those coaches set in stone, we can get our recruiting game back amped up. I'm excited for football. But the real point of interest right now is college basketball. College basketball is peaking during this time. In mid-January, when when conference play starts heating up in the Big 12, winners and losers start taking shape, and there's lots of upsets, there's lots of nail-biters, and buzzer-beaters. And there's been lots of that so far, especially in the Big 12. By far, it is the most super, superior conference in all of men's basketball. The SEC doesn't doesn't come as close. The ACC used to be the most superior, but they've fallen short now. The Pac-12, not quite, and the Big Ten, not quite. So, by far the Big 12 is the conference to be in, and I'm so glad that BYU is playing against these teams. We've played against UCF, Cincinnati, and Baylor, and Iowa State so far. Those four games, we've split and gone 2-2. Two and two. I'm really happy with that. It's a great start, because looking at our first five games... Six games, seven games, we could have gone 0-7. We could even go through the Big 12 and lose all of our games, and we wouldn't be to blame, just because of how deep the conference is. Even the last place in the Big 12, West Virginia, beat number 20, Texas. Texas! Can you believe that? That shows how deep the Big 12 is. Anyways, I'm going to look at our game against UCF on Saturday. So our first game was against Cincinnati. We lost 60 to 71. Our second game was at Baylor. We lost 72 to 81 with the amazing refs. And those are our first two games. That Saturday, we played at UCF in Orlando, Florida. This was a humid game and it was very unique. The student section had palm trees and palm leaves that they were waving around because when you're in Florida, that's what you do, I guess. 
Anyways, it was our first win in the Big 12. Ali Khalifa, I'd say, had a big game. He had three three-pointers. That's a lot for a big man like him. Not only that, but he had many assists. In fact, Ali Khalifa in this game had, um, sorry, Dallin Hall had six assists. Khalifa only had one assist, but he went three for eight, six for 12 on field goals, and he had one really good dunk where he faked a pass like he normally does, but then drove straight inside and one-hand windmill dunked it. And the students, the crowd went crazy for BYU. The bench went crazy. Everyone who's a BYU fan went nuts because this was the craziest play Khalifa's done all year. And that's saying something because if you've seen some of his passes, they are mind-blowing. This was just stunning. And it gave us all the momentum. It was just what we needed to take the lead in this game and never look back. So Khalifa was an X-factor in this game. He helped us win our first Big 12 game, moving us to 1-2 and two in Big 12 play. What's funny is that he attempted eight three-pointers in this game, which is a lot. Trevin Nell also had a lot of three-pointers. He's playing awesome for us now as a key scorer. In this game, he had four three-pointers. He was shooting four for nine, so about, about 44% from three-point line. That's what you'd want. You want 50% field goals percentage. This is a, a shooting uh, guard or forward in basketball usually strives to get 50% field goal percentage, where if you, should, if you have two shots, you make one of them at least. And 40% three-point shooting, that's like 4 out of 10. And 90% free throw shooting. Trevanell is going 44% from 3 and then 5 for 12 on field goals. So he's just doing, doing the scoring thing that he does. And he's become one of the best catch-and-shoot um, jump shot shooters in all of college basketball. He had points, 14 points in this game. Pretty crazy. And then he had a banked three, which is crazy. It was one of the one of those shots where you know BYU's going to win if we're banking in threes. And we never looked back. But another key that I have to mention was our defense. Defense is what wins basketball games. Our defense came up clutch. We held UCF to 58 points. We held them to 3 for 18 on threes and 17 for 58 on field goals. Those are unreal numbers. The reason why they stayed in this game because they rebound hard. And we rebounded hard too, but I think they rebounded just harder than us. They had some big men, and there's also home rests, and they like to call fouls on us more. So that's what came. That's what made this game very close. We also didn't shoot lights out like we shot well but i didn't say we shoot we shot lights out if we're shooting lights out we're gonna score 90 points a game probably only 63 that's just shows how physical we are and how resilient we are it wasn't our cleanest game wasn't our best game but it's a win it's a big win too because going on the road in the big 12 and getting a win especially against ucf because going on a tangent ucf just beat number two in the league Kansas. Kansas Jayhawks are a great basketball program. If you can beat them, then that's going to be a crazy upset. So UCF was hyped, and they had lots of momentum and excitement going into this game. Going back to the BYU game, us coming in and winning on their floor is a clutch win, and it helps us so much with our confidence and with our resilience in Big 12 play. I think with this win, it shows we're ready for the big dance and for March Madness. Some more stats from the game. We had 27 bench points. UCF had one bench point. That'll do it.
One thing that's scary is free throws. We can do better at shooting free throws late in the game because Jackson Robinson had some missed opportunities. Spencer Johnson had some missed opportunities. Granted, they made it up in the next game against Iowa State, which we won. But still, if you're up late in the game, here's the scenario. We were up 60-59. to There was about 13 seconds left in the whole game. And so UCF naturally fouls BYU when we get the ball. We have to make a free throw because it's a one-and-one. A one-and-one is where if you miss the first free throw, it's anyone's it's anyone's rebound, and so the defense will probably get the rebound, and you, uh, you'll end up with no points. And a bonus bonus plus is where you get, uh, basically you get two free throws guaranteed. You get a second one even if you miss the first one. Well, we had a one and one with about uh, about 13 seconds left in the game. Spencer Johnson went up. He missed. Uh, let's see, no, it was Jackson Robinson. With 23 seconds left in the game, Jackson Robinson missed the first one. They got the ball, went down. They were only down two. They could have tied the game, but we blocked them, and then we got the rebound. They had to foul us. So Spencer Johnson then had two free throws, missed the first, which left the door open for them. He made the second, luckily, which meant they could tie with a three. They missed the three, and Richie got the ball and hit the clutch free throws, which ended the game. And we got up 63-58 and never looked back. It's still a scary ending when he might lose a lead like that. And it could possibly happen where we could be on this end of the game and then we lose because we can't hit free throws and they're going to hit a buzzer beater on us. That'll probably happen sometime. It's just what happens if you can't hit your free throws. But in the game against Iowa State, we shot very well on free throws. I'll give you some numbers real quick. (sighs) Against Iowa State, free throw shooting... We went 20 for 24. That's an 83% free throw shooting. That's way better than what we had before. 83% is really good, and that's what we were striving for. If you can get 83%, then you're shooting really well, and that's what BYU needs to do to win. When you're playing tough games like we are, our next three games are going to be against number 25, Texas Tech, on the road. That'll be Saturday. Then against number 5, Houston at home. That'll be Tuesday, and then on the other Saturday, it'll be against number... I'm not sure Texas is ranked, but they're always a good team. Hosting Texas that Saturday on the... uh, Saturday the 27th of January. So there's some tough games, some doozies to to look forward to. If If you're BYU, then if you're looking to impress... To impress the selection committee for when March Madness rolls along... You're going to have your share of games to look at. Hey, we've been Iowa State, UCF, and there's many more teams we can have the chance to beat. You look at any of those teams, any win is a quality win in quad one. Quad one just means it's against a really good team. He's one of the top teams in the nation. And we have some quad one wins now against UCF and Iowa State. That's really good. Going back to the free throws, our free throws in the UCF game we only went 70%. We went up to 83%. So that's really good improvement. Because I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about BYU free throw shooting. But if you can shoot well from free throw lines, then you're going to have some fun, exciting games down to the wire. And we can win those games if we shoot well. So that's really exciting. In the AP poll, where they rank the top 25 men's basketball teams, 8 of the 25 teams are Big 12. That's about a third. 
a third of the nation's best teams are from the Big 12. Eight. That's ridiculous. It's so deep of a conference. I can't believe how many teams are ranked. It's unbelievable. Unreal. And this is going to be like March Madness. Like, we're probably going to get eight teams from the Big 12 into the Big Dance, which is another name for March Madness. So there's lots of competition. It's a bit repetitive, but it's very exciting if you like college basketball. So we dropped two spots in the AP poll from number 18 to number 20, but we have lots of games to impress. Houston ranked number 5 in in the country. They're from the Big 12. They're 1-2 now because they've lost to Iowa State. Close, barely. And they also lost to TCU. BYU's beaten UCF and Iowa State. UCF and Iowa State have beaten Kansas and Houston, respectively. That's showing that we're a decent team, and we can put up some fights. Anyways, let's move on to the NFL. Because in the NFL, there is playoffs. And when it's time for playoffs, it's really exciting. There's upsets, too. The Packers beat the Cowboys. Number one upset, right there, you have it. 38, sorry, 48-34 by two total touchdowns. They were up 31-7 at halftime. Never looked back. They had a couple pick sixes, and that won them the game. Defense and a really good offense with Jordan Love. Jordan Love is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. He played at Utah State, playing against BYU and Utah. He was the best quarterback in Utah at this time. And now look what he's doing in the NFL. Making waves, beating the number two Cowboys. Because the Packers were ranked seven, going into number two Cowboys, the Cowboys hadn't lost a single home game all year, and they dropped this game in the playoffs. Such a stereotypical Cowboys Cowboys game to drop the last game in the playoffs. But kudos to the Packers, who were able to upset them 48-34, and they absolutely dominated. Jordan Love was the key key man. They pulled, they pulled a stunner in the wild card. This is the wild card round, and it's called wild for a reason, because we just don't know who's going to win, and there's there are going to be some wild games. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys go down to Romeo Dubs, Aaron Jones, and the Green Bay Packers. Another game that I'd like to talk about was the Chiefs. Have you heard of the Chiefs and the Dolphins game? It was negative 24 degrees in this game. One of the most freezing matches in all of NFL playoffs history. I, I think it was the third most cold game, like in temperature ever recorded for the start of a game, like the kickoff time. It was 24 degrees. Just absolutely freezing. Well, the Chiefs ended up winning this cold matchup 26-7. It's hard to gauge who's the really better team because Tyree Kill and the Dolphins offense, like Tua, they could have had a better game. But honestly, who knows? Maybe the Chiefs just dominated because, because of the home field advantage, and they earned it that way. The Dolphins choked in the last game of the regular season, causing them to drop spots all the way to number 6, making them play on the road in the first round. When you have to play in the road in Kansas City in January, it's going to be cold. So the Chiefs won that match 26-7, knocking out the Dolphins. What a game. That was Gabe's game. It was a good one. CJ Stroud and the Texans. Now that's a story. They played the they played the the Browns, number 5 Browns against number 4 Texans. They got the home field advantage in this game because they were number 1 in their division. C.J. Stroud is a rookie from Ohio State, a quarterback. 
he's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year because of how far he's taken this team and led them to the playoffs. The Texans haven't haven't been to the playoffs in a really long time, if ever. So it's historic that the first-year quarterback is doing this. They didn't just win. They won by a lot. They won by a 29 by a 31 point margin 45 to 14 was the final score against the Browns so that ends Joe Flacco's career not career but season with the Browns we'll see what he does next because as I talked about in the previous episode he was 38 and having one of the late runs in his career lots of fun but that ends the Browns career Browns run in this playoffs and the Texans move on what a story I kind of like cheering for C.J. Stroud and the Texans because I've never seen them in the playoffs before, and they're an underdog. I love to cheer for the underdogs. The 45-14 is a dominant game. Their offense had everything clicking. Everything was working. Everything was flowing, and it showed. Stroud actually became the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game. That's really cool. Another game I'd like to talk about was the Lions game. So Puka got 182 yards in this game. It wasn't enough. The Lions move on, and they're going to play the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers won against the Eagles. So the Eagles were the number five team, and they were really good all year till the last couple of games, and they fell apart as a team, started losing, lost confidence in the locker room, and then just went into the Buccaneers, which is in Tampa Bay, and they blew it. They lost that game in the five-against-four matchup in the NFC. So the Buccaneers move on. They will play the Lions, number four at number three, in the divisional round in the NFL playoffs, which is the second round. It goes wildcard, divisional, championship, and then Super Bowl. So much fun. Four rounds. So we're on round two now. That covers all the notable games. And this is the upcoming schedule. The Ravens and the 49ers both had buys, being the number one seed in the AFC and the NFC. In the AFC, number five, number four, Texans play at number one, Ravens. Number three, Chiefs play at number two, Bills. All chalk there. Chalk meaning the highest seed wins. Not not my prediction, but like the highest seed won in the wildcard game, so it results in a four against one and three against two, which is the standard format. Not so in the NFC. The Packers got the upset against the Niners. Not the Niners, the Cowboys. The Packers will face the Niners in the divisional round of the NFC. That's number seven at number one. Quite a seed differential. And then the number four Bucks will play at the number three Lions. I guess the only upset we'd had in terms of seeds, like seeding um, based, was Cowboys against Packers. That was pretty exciting, though. Texans at Ravens. That's a pretty new matchup. Ravens has always been a long-time NFL playoff team. Texans more new. Chiefs at Bills, classic. Last five years, you watch out those games against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. They've had some epic duels, resulting in epic games, some even in overtime. Crazy. These teams will face each other again, this time at the Bills. The NFC has number seven Packers at Niners. The last five years, these teams have played a few times too. The Niners won the last round. Last year, uh, they won in a, in a freezing cold Green Bay. And it was freezing. I, no, two years ago. Two years ago, I think the Niners won on a last game, last second game-winning field goal in this game to beat the Packers and send Aaron Rodgers back home. And they're going to play again in this week. Bucks at Lions. Bucks have been 
Bucks were there in the Super Bowl. They won a couple of years ago in the Lions. Wow, what a story. Oh my goodness, the Lions have not been in the playoffs for 32 years. 32 years. Like, they've been in the playoffs, but they haven't won a single game. They haven't advanced in the playoffs or made any kind of playoff excitement for 32 years. That's how long the fan base has waited for an opportunity like this. To make the playoffs and then win. And they finally did it 24-23. And for the first time in 32 years, they move on to the divisional round. And they have a good chance at winning. If they win, then they'll probably face the Niners. Then the Super Bowl, we'll see. The Lions could actually have a real late run at this. Because they have a good offense, well-managed, well-controlled, and a great defense. We'll see how it plays out, though, because the Niners have probably the best defense in the league and one of the best offenses. They're an all-round, great, unstoppable team. These games are going to be fun. Saturday has the number one seeds games. So, like, the Niners and the Ravens both play being the number one seeds on Saturday, January 20th. 2.30, Texans play at the Ravens, and 6.15, Packers play at the Niners, now on Sunday, January 21st, is the fun ones. The number three seeds play at the number two seeds and the number four seeds. 4.30, Chiefs and Bills play. One, one o'clock, Buccaneers and Lions play. There's some fun matchups, and I'm so excited. The ones I would recommend checking out, absolutely Texans at Ravens. Absolutely. No, no kidding there. Packers at Niners, also a great one but probably not as entertaining because the Niners are dominant. But you have to consider they're coming off a bye. They're probably more rusty and well, need some tuning up before they play against the Packers. That'll probably happen in the game, causing the Packers to jump out to an early lead, making things interesting. We'll see how it plays out. Texans and Ravens should be a great one. Chiefs and Bills, always a classic. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. These two quarterbacks have some amazing duels, and they're good friends off the field too, which is great. Like, they've played some golf over the summers, over the off-seasons, just chilling and not worrying about football. But when they step on the field, they go after it, and there's some fun ones. That'll be a snowy game. In Buffalo, it's really cold in January, and there's snow dumping on them, so it might be full of snow. It'll be a different one, for sure, than the other games. The Super Bowl likes to be played in... In some indoor arenas, because in January it gets cold and snowy and kind of miserable. The Super Bowl's always played indoors, whether it be in Vegas, California, Detroit, um, Indianapolis, you name it. Any any indoor stadium, that's probably where they're going to play the Super Bowl. In fact, this year, they're going to play it in Allegiant Stadium, which is in Las Vegas. This stadium, just being three or four years old, uh, pretty new. Sunday, February 11th. Mark the date. That's the biggest game of the NFL season. Mark's the world champion of football. Gabe's game this week is going to be Chiefs at Bills. Check it out. There are some fun NFL playoffs right now. There's also some way-lit BYU basketball. We're playing at Texas Tech. Then we're going to host Houston and going to host Texas. Some fun games against those Texas teams in the Big 12. So you can turn on some BYU basketball. It's way lit as March Madness is coming up. And go Kooks!